Hello. My guest on Deep Dive today is Jeffers Maruka, CEO of the African Association of Agricultural Economists and President of the African Society of Association Executives, an organisation he helped set up five years ago. I started by asking him why a strong association sector was so important to Africa. Uh, thanks, James, for that great question. You know, uh, just like uh, all over the world, we know associations are important in Africa. We know strong associations help uh, governments in nation building. We know strong associations can uh, be, help to build a strong economy. We know strong associations can help enhance job skills. We know strong associations can help to improve systems and, and structures. We know strong associations can help industrial, uh, uh, industrialize our, our, our continent uh, because most people actually coalesce together around associations. So we know that just like any other part of the world, that's why we need strong associations to help in developing our countries and, our, and growing our economies. And what have been the biggest challenges since you started the association in 2016? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, number one, every association uh, faces their own challenges. But from what I've learned uh, in my many years of working in associations, most associations almost share the same challenges. Membership growth has been a challenge. I, I told you from the start that we currently have 300, uh, slightly above 300 members uh, in our association for the last six years. I would have wanted that to be, uh, to be double. I really, my target was to register 100 members per year, but now we've basically done 50% of that. So uh, membership growth is always a challenge making people to actually understand the role that associations play in their lives is also one of the biggest challenges uh, that we, we've seen. And the other one is working with boards. You know, boards are basically uh, the engines of associations and that is where the strategic goals of associations are actually um, identified, are, uh, are rolled out for, for it to be uh, to be trickled down to the operations. So if you don't work with stronger boards, then most likely an association may not be able to have any growth. Because boards are volunteers, aren't they? They, they, they have other jobs, they're busy people. Absolutely. I, I, I'm personally a member of a couple of boards, association boards, and uh, running an association as an executive and also sitting in a board as a member of the board, I've seen that play. You know, we sometimes I tell people, please, uh, let's you either put 100% of yourself into it or you don't. Because when you sit on that chair as an association board, which somebody else could have sat, uh, it means that you are ready to contribute to the growth of that particular association. If you do not do that, then please don't be there because associations need boards to, issue, to, to, to come up with anything, any product, any service, any program has to be ratified. So it's not about, this is not about creating vanity positions. It's not about improving your CV. If you're a board member, you'd say, you know, it's all or nothing. You have to be committed. Yes. And, and, and I always tell people, you don't, uh, what you put on your CV is really not what is really not what's important, but what you will be remembered for in the future on how you helped. Uh, this particular association to grow. We've seen that when you look at strong associations out there or uh, associations which have been around for a long time, 
you realize that there were people who were committed to make them grow. And in as much as those people are no longer in the, in the picture, those are the associations always look back to those people who helped them be where they are today. And obviously, uh, organizing events must have taken a back seat. Organizing and holding our events obviously is a thing of the past, but I'm happy that with the, with the vaccines that's now being rolled out around the world, we will get into that. In as much as we know here in Africa, we still have a challenge going forward because we, we seem to be like the, the last people to be considered in terms of uh, actually the vaccine rollout. But we truly hope that uh, we will get there. But for now, having our events, trainings, workshops, it really not something which we, we can't do. And that is a source of revenue for many associations, which we no longer now enjoy. You mentioned the pace of the vaccine rollout. Obviously, a lot of the developed countries have been ordering uh, oversupplies of the vaccine. And there's been a lot of criticism of countries in the West for doing that. There's some talk now of how they can redistribute their surplus supplies. And obviously, there's the COVAX uh, scheme that's being rolled out in Africa. But what, what are your thoughts on that? Are you, are you worried about the pace and scale of the vaccine rollout in Africa and what it might mean for your society and the economy in general? Definitely, it's a source to worry. Uh, and uh, anybody who believes that the, 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 their business has been affected because of the pandemic might not actually be able to come back to, to their, their, their normal uh, way of doing business before the pandemic because people are still scared. I know that the Commonwealth Heads of Government Summit is coming up in Rwanda in June this year, that's on 21st of June this year. But I, I, when I was speaking with my friends from Rwanda uh, just a few days ago, they're also worried whether people are going to really have faith to travel to Rwanda within Africa, the center of Africa, because of the, the, the fear. But as, as we have noted, uh, the COVAX uh, vaccine rollout has started, and we know that uh, some shipment has already gone to, gone to Ghana, and Johnson Johnson vaccine is now underway in South Africa. And I know Kenya, where I, 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 I live, is also in the, in, probably by the first week of March, we should be having the first, the first uh, vaccine consignment. So in as much as it's affecting our businesses, we truly believe that the rollout of the vaccine is going to turn around things and we are going to really go back to, I like calling it a new better. The new better, well, that sounds better than the new normal. Uh, so now you're also the CEO of the African Society of Agricultural Economists. That must be a fascinating role at this point in time. Uh, tell us a bit more about that. You know, uh, number one, uh, running an association is, uh, it, it, it's, 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 sometimes it's fun because of the diversity of, things that come into it. You're always interacting with people from uh, all around the world. You are doing all these other great things. But I know that uh, uh, agriculture is actually currently also undergoing a bit of challenges, especially in terms of um, uh, climate change, because these are the things which our, our, our members and we in the agricultural uh, industry talk a lot. It has been affected. In fact, uh, there is much more fear that uh, climate change is, a, is, is more worse than actually the pandemic because uh, when you, you talk about uh, you know, uh, in, uh, increase in temperature and CO2 mm -hmm. emissions, which have long-term impact on crop yields, not only in Africa, but globally, when you talk about what you call the biodiversity losses, which affect agriculture, 
The other day I was reading a post from Bill Gates on his latest book, you know, how to avoid a climate disaster. And one of his greatest hope that I, I remember and that Bill, Bill Gates wishes, it actually we should, uh, uh, we, uh, I can say the greatest takeaway is that we need to get to zero emissions by the year 2050. Yeah. So if we don't get to zero emissions by year 2050, agriculture is going to be affected. And as you know, agriculture is the backbone of the, uh, of, 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 of all African economies. So if we suffer from that side and we're not as much industrialized and we realize that also industrialization is what is also contributing to, to CO2 emissions and also other claim, uh, uh, carbon emissions. So you realize that if that also goes away from us, then Africa, we, we, we stand at the crossroad. All of these things are so closely interlinked, aren't they? Food security, climate change, uh, the spread of pathogens which lead to pandemics. Your association of agricultural uh, economists is really in the centre of all this, isn't it? Sure, absolutely. And give us a, a sense of the makeup of your association. How many members does it have? Who are the kind of people who belong to it? Um, and presumably you do quite a lot of uh, work with international associations as well. The, the African Association of Agriculture Economics has been around for the last 16 years. And yeah. currently we have, uh, actually up till yesterday, we have a membership of 2011 members uh, who form uh, our membership. Most of the members are actually, we're quite diverse. And when I say diverse, we bring in people from all sectors of agriculture. We have government officials, we have international organizations, people working in international organizations who are who have interest in agriculture. We have students uh, in, in, in the PhD student, master student, and also undergraduate students. We have farmers who really want to learn and also interact with scholars in their, in their association. And also we have even some science, scientists from other sectors who, because, Agriculture is a science and science is interlinked. So we have people from other sectors uh, of science who are members of our association to also learn and also share part of what they do on the other sites. So we're quite diverse, we're quite uh, well distributed, not in Africa, but you will be surprised that 30% of our members are actually from outside Africa. Right. And multidisciplinary as well. This is this is uh, what I'm finding more and more about is international associations or any associations that there's a sense that you know you can't achieve anything in a silo. You have to you have to sort of branch out and you have to look at your subject from a sort of multidisciplinary perspective. Yes, yes, I totally agree with you. And uh, so this is this is your sort of role as a CEO of a, of a um, what is effectively an international association, but. I know you through what we call the meetings industry or the business events industry. And I understand that's played quite a role, not just in your personal career, but also the, the uh, foundation of uh, AFSAE. Um, tell us a bit about that. Tell us a bit about your, your sort of uh, affiliation with the meetings industry. Thanks, James. You know, I, I have great passion uh, uh, for the meetings, make meetings industry. And I, I, I remember the very first time I, organized an event it was in the year 2004. I was pretty young guy uh, in college. So I got into, I, I developed passion. So my, my, my involvement in the meetings industry, and that is where I can say I've had the greatest learning, you know, 
I've learned a lot from peers, from industry experts who actually have been in the meetings industry for a long time. And this has made me create a, a great, great connections from around the world. You know, also my greatest global connections that I've created over years has been through the meetings industry. And that one I can't even or, uh, say it more than basically what I'm saying. As associations, you know, associations, one of their key areas of uh, interacting with our members and also with the people from around the world or from globally is through meetings. Mm. So we organize meetings, we organize local workshops, we organize regional meetings, we organize Pan-African events, and sometimes we participate uh, in, in international events. So for me, that basically dovetailed with my role of managing associations, being in the agricultural industry, and also having that passion and greater participation in the meetings industry. The meetings industry is a, is a backbone of most associations, and there is no associations which can tell you they have done much without actually holding or organizing international, regional, pan-African or local events. Tell me a bit about the Association's Advance Africa Awards uh, 2021. I've, wherever I've traveled around the world and wherever I've participated in association events around the world, there's always an award ceremony. The award ceremony is basically to recognize uh, that associations uh, play a bigger role or have a greater agenda in recognizing uh, in, record, in being recognized of what they do around the world. So the Association's Advanced Africa Awards, which we, we, we've been talking about and which we truly hope we're going to, to, to roll out in September this year during our third Africa Association Summit in Kigali, Rwanda, we hope to actually, it is going to highlight the importance of African associations in the continent's development agenda by recognizing their programs, their products, their activities, uh, which actually uh, are advancing our societies and also improving our economies at all levels. So we've sent out invitations and we, we are getting good, good um, submissions. We will, uh, we will then go through the normal uh, judging. We have a, a judging panel which we have already established and in September, we hope to identify and award those best uh, associations. Ideally, also is to make sure that they are recognized because we don't have anything similar to that in Africa. So it's also an exciting moment, and we hope our association executives around the continent are going to be part of that. Yeah, that's where the legacy lies, isn't it? It's, it's, have you made a difference? It's not about your own personal gain. Listen, Jeff, it's been great talking to you. Um, we met quite a while ago, I think. I may have been at IMEX, and I'm Looking forward to seeing you again at some point in the next, uh, well, in the next year or two. Let's hope, let's hope that's that's a possibility. Thanks very much for joining us on Deep Dive, Jeffers. Thank you so much, James, and thanks for having me.